Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 183 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin Anderson out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, how was your week? Pretty good, man. Still one more day to go, but I was able to wear just shorts and a t-shirt outside for the first time this year. So, huge, huge day. That is a big um, day. Yeah, the wind finally calmed down, so it actually felt like 16 degrees, uh, which was great. That's why I was able to like, get my nice walk to the gym in without freezing. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been it's been good, man. Yeah, that's good. It's been it's been shitty here. It's been like rain nonstop. That sounds um, like Halifax in the spring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being said, though. Um, I'm getting more excited about the summer. Ba- like to me, like base, like summer and baseball are synonymous. Yeah. But like the springtime baseball always feels like it's not, it's like, we're not quite there. Everybody's still trying to get ready except for Mike Trout. <laughs> who was born ready. Mike Trout is um, ready. Yeah. But like, I feel like, like once we get some good weather, like I really feel like, it's baseball season. I don't know. It just rains a lot in Halifax from May or from March until like early June. It's just rain, 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 rain. It sucks. Oof. Yeah, that's all right though. Um, what do you got going on? What's new? What's uh, anything interesting happened to you? Well, I got an air fryer for my birthday, which I had been asking Shazam. for. So my girlfriend got me one. That's right. Your birthday was a few days ago, so yeah, uh, on, I already uh, said it. Mon- it was on uh, Monday. Yeah. Happy, happy belated birthday, Justin Anderson. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me about your air fryer. Yeah. So I got the. Uh, it's called the Ninja Foodie. It actually has like two halves to it, so you can do two different foods at once. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty cool because it has like, and they're both like four quarts. The baskets they're reasonably large. Okay. Um. So you can either do like. If you're doing the same food, you just set it all at one temperature, or you can set each individual side at different temps and cook times, and it'll actually like start the longer time first, so that the food finishes at the exact same time. It's pretty cool. So I did. Uh, I've only used it once so far. Well, actually twice. I used it once to cook uh, some sweet potato fries and some chicken fingers. Yeah. Turned out great. And then yeah. uh, we had like a. Uh, like just a home frick frozen pizza that we had heated up and then i used the air fryer to reheat it the next day how'd that work oh it was fine it was phenomenal i put it in for like i put a couple slices in for like eight minutes at like 350 or something like that and they were just like the crust the crust was crispy again the bait the bottom was crispy like it was almost better than it was when they had it out of the oh, oven that's dope. <laughs> that's good. So, yeah. well, you know what you know what happened to me i also have an air fryer now hell yeah brother i love it I haven't used it yet. Um, <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> I have it. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I have a lot of things I haven't had a chance to use. I got my parents to uh, pick me up a cast iron skillet for Christmas that I just got because they, like, I hadn't seen them. Yep. Uh, and they were up at the end of March. And I had, like, I I haven't been feeling good because of uh, the injury. So I haven't had a chance to really, like, prig around in the kitchen. So I have to reseason the uh, skillet yeah and then i'm good to go i'm really excited to use that and the air fryer 
I want to make some some chicken wings. I think. Yeah, we've been fire. looking at those too, and and uh, my girlfriend picked up a bag of like pepperoni pizza bites from Wholesale Club, so we're gonna try mm. those. I think maybe on Sunday. There you go. Oh yeah, that's right. We have an afternoon game. We'll talk about the Jays. I promise you, this is the Blue Jays podcast. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at BFMD Podcast. Uh, go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Our DMs are open. Uh, they're open, right? They are open, yeah. So if you want to know anything, like shoe size, yeah. what size hats we wear, if we like Star Wars Blue Jays bags, we do like those. We do. Tweet us if you have one of those uh, after May the 4th. We'll talk. We'll have a, conver- we'll have a conversation with you. Um Check us out. We're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, pretty much every network you can think of, we're on it. Yeah, we're, we're very easy to find. Website bfmdpodcast.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Leave us a review or a star rating. Helps more people find us. And uh, give us a follow on on Twitter. Like I said, we're I'm trying to follow me on Twitter too. I'm trying to follow everybody who follows us so i hate to do this but i'm gonna do it anyway because i don't know it seems like good timing at platypus86 p-l-a-i-d-y-p-u-s-86 go ahead and follow me uh i've started my follow spree earlier this week uh i'm up to 416 out of the like 2,000 people who follow us so like yeah I'm I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna follow all of you and interact with you. I just think it'll be fun. Um, let's get into baseball. There's lots of cool stuff happening. Um, can we just talk? Can we just talk about the fish man right away? Holy shit! Yes, we can. Um, oh my god! Yes. So Mike Trout <clears throat> is back. <laughs> In case you forgot about Mike Trout the last couple of years with the short 2020 and then his injury-plagued 2021, the fish man is good. And he is letting yeah. people know that the rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Um, currently, Patrick Marsh, going into today's game, in which he is 0-2 with two walks, by the way, Mike Trout was hitting a th- clip of 365. His on base is at 476, and his slugging is at uh, 808. So that's an OPS Mine, approaching yeah. 1.3. Um, a WRC plus 270. <laughs> He's worth 2.7. Yeah, average uh, players. <laughs> Ray Mel Tapia's. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and Mike Trout's had some crazy seasons. Like last year before he got hurt, he was at a 190 WRC plus. His best full season is 188. Back in 2018, um, he walked 20% of his play appearances that year, which is crazy. He's already produced 1.6 F war, including positive defensive uh, contributions for the first time since 2018 to this point. So maybe Mike Trout's uh, injury last year helped him get his get his knees good. I'm curious to see if he's going to start stealing any more bases again. He used to steal bases, but he hasn't recently. He just keeps hitting home runs and doubles and triples, so he doesn't have to doesn't have to steal any bases. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, want to hear. I don't want to hear from anybody that Mike Trout is made of glass. Um, I don't want to hear any of that shit. This man is his number. It's all he's an all timer. Yeah, it's it's not even 
debatable he could retire right now and he'd have a career war of 77.7 yeah yeah uh, that's crazy which i think is higher than what may's war is right now and pool has dropped quite a bit too <laughs> yeah i mean eventually his outfield performed because of time because yes. nothing fucks us all harder than time yeah uh eventually his his defensive uh output is going to be you know it'll reach the, the negative point but his bat He's as good as he's ever been. Yeah. He, if anything, he's better. He it's is, a renaissance. He currently ranks, uh, he's tied with Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. for 41st all-time on the Fangraphs War Leaderboard. Yeah. So, he's an auto-lock for the Hall yeah, already. He's got a good chance to pass the likes of Pete Rose, Jeff Bagwell, and Roberto Clemente this year. And he's only six behind Joe DiMaggio. So. <laughs> That's insane. It's yeah. worth noting, too, that at, he's only 30. He'll turn 31 while the season happens. Mm-hmm. But he's at 315 home runs already. Yep. Uh, with 203 stolen bases, although obviously the stolen bases have dropped off significantly since 2019 due to injuries. Um, but now we're getting a, a fresh trout, <clears throat> a freshly fresh caught trout. trout. <laughs> um, that wasn't on purpose. Um, yeah. <laughs> probably not going to steal many bases anymore, but they're just... This this is amazing. We're watching history. There's a lot it's of the life same left. Same as watching Mickey uh, in real time and Albert Pujols in real time. This is really like we're watching this happen. We're witnessing baseball history, and uh, he's probably going to play his entire career in one place, which is kind of fun. Um, but not fun because it's the Angels, so and they suck. Yeah, I mean it's a mix. It's not very often all-time greats play their entire careers with one team. Some players bounce around. Um, but you know what, um, what, a, what an absolute treat it is though, to be able to watch him. Um, yeah, like he, like even like Willie Mays, uh, also played on, on the Mets in addition to the Giants, if you didn't remember. Yeah. Um, back in the early seventies, which is crazy because he started his career in 1951 in the bigs with the New York Giants. Uh, very comparable players, I think. The say hey kid and Fishman. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I think Trout could probably flirt with six hundred home runs, and not—I mean, it's all arbitrary, but he's got a chance for sure. But he's uh, got a real shot it's at good it. Good to see and, him back and healthy. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about his stats all day long. We're not going to do that. He's clearly uh, at the very top of the pile right now uh, in the very premature MVP race. Twenty games into the season, he's definitely. Uh, number one with a bullet right now, uh, and I don't know that anyone else is close. Yeah. Um, uh, Jay's news. Yeah. Teoscar Hernandez is targeting the road <clears throat> series in Cleveland next week as a potential return, so likely to miss about six more games. He's been taking live batting practice along with regular BP as well as doing drills on the field. He's not. He wasn't swinging at full speed yet or full power, so... No. Likely that we'll see him head out over the weekend to AAA for a rehab assignment. I'd be surprised if they don't do that. Um, Danny Jansen, as of a couple of days ago, was not swinging yet, but he was catching a Hunjin Ryu live batting practice session. Ryu was back to throwing off the mound. He had just been doing long toss and working up his distance on flat ground, coming back from his uh, forearm tightness. But he threw live BP. Didn't hear anything good or bad about it, so I'm assuming it went well. Um, 
it sounds like it's likely that Ryu's going to do another one of those live BPs before they decide if he's going to need us to some time in AAA, like just to rehab an extra, an extra start or two down there. But uh, Ross Stripping will continue to fill it until until Ryu comes back. My guess is that I know last time I said he needed he it was probably going to be two more rotations or two more strip starts. That's yeah. probably I think that sounds after, about right. Yeah, after yesterday's game, it would have been one, but I still think it's at two. I still yeah. think it's probably at least ten days. So we'll we'll see strips start at least two more times. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue a six man rotation or not. They have a lot of trust in Stripling, uh, rightfully so, given his performance so far this year. And we'll talk about that when we get mm-hmm. to the scores. But uh, out of the three main guys who are injured, who is going to have the biggest impact when they return? Teoscar, I think. Um, without yeah. a doubt for me, just the fact that he'll lengthen the lineup a little bit. It'll allow you to put Guriel back down to fifth. you yep. push Chapman down to sixth. Just putting Teoscar behind Vladdy <clears> is going to help out. Vladian's going to help out Bo as well, too, because those guys are both going to get more pitches to hit because you don't have much past Guriel right now in terms of solid production anyway. Except yeah, Zach well, Collins, it but... means that we, we won't see as many Tapia at-bats, and Teoscar, his last couple seasons was uh, in and around 300, and that's yeah. going to be a pretty significant boost to the lineup. For sure. Uh, he's also an all-star, and he's also a silver slugger, so I mean that's as big a, a deal him returning is uh, is any of them. Danny Jansen, I'm very interested. I know it's not sustainable, but I'm wondering if Danny will come back as hot as he was when he left. Yeah, he, um, he came back hot the second time he came off the aisle last year. So, Yeah, he'll I be think, okay. He'll yeah, be okay. It's premature to say, but I think he has somewhat figured out an offensive approach. So as long as he can keep executing on that, I think he'll be more of a producer than he has been. <laughs> over his that career, means that so. Heineman will probably get sent down and they'll, they'll yeah. probably still continue to roll with three catchers because Zach Collins is hitting so well. Yeah, Zach Collins has earned a spot on the team for now, anyway. Uh, yeah, I wish that he could play more positions. He could play a bit of first base, they said. Yeah, I, I just don't know whether or not he will play a lot of first base. Yeah, hard to say. Uh, it'll depend what they decide to do <clears throat> when the rosters shrink on Monday. Because they are going to do that. Uh, May the 2nd is when they've decided to shrink the rosters to 26. But they have said that teams can continue to carry up to 14 pitchers. Patrick Marsh is originally going to be only 13. Um, Or maybe even 12, I can't recall. So the Jays right now are carrying 14 pitchers and 14 bench players but they're gonna they'll pr- they'll likely keep by the sounds of it 14 pitchers and only run a three-man bench oh that's really i mean teams i, have done I it get it with the dh like it's if you're in the, if you were an old school national league team old school meaning last year um you had to carry a larger bench because of all the pinch hitting but in the day of the dh you don't have to do that anymore i got a que- i got a little trivia question for you mm-hmm you might, you might be very interested in this. Uh, with the uh, return of Jansen and, and Hernandez to the lineup within the next couple of weeks, that's a pretty big boost to our bats. But um, I mean, I'm going to give you a chance to guess. You get three three swings at this one. What team leads 
major leagues and home runs right now. It's the Blue Jays, and I know that because I've seen it everywhere the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They lead major leagues and home runs with 26, although, of course, the Angels are one behind with 25, and the Yankees have 24. Um, are you surprised to see that stat, to hear that, that the Jays lead in uh in Yeah, Google? I'd be curious to see how many of them were with runners on base. It doesn't feel like too many of them have been. Yeah, a lot of Outside solo Outside of the Bograd slam and the Springer home run the other night, I can think of a lot of solo dingers. And, uh, yeah, we know that those hits haven't been coming with runners in scoring position for the most part because we'll talk about it in a bit. The Jays have not been good in that regard. <laughs> like, at all. Yep. It's, but uh, keep in mind, again, we, I know we always throw this in as a caveat, but it's early, yeah. uh, and we are missing two of our best players <laughs> with injuries. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, Ryu is not to be overlooked as well. He's a positive contribution to the team. Um, let's just get into it. How did the Jays do against the Red Sox? Let's go through all four games and uh, give our – spicy takes on what went right and what went wrong for sure so yeah the jays if if you're unaware just came off a four game series with boston in which the jays were able to win three out of four games which is great to see on uh, monday night my birthday the jays were able to pull off a six to two victory uh they were led in that game with home runs from lourdes guriel a solo shot Matt Chapman, a solo shot, <laughs> and Bo Bichette, a grand slam in that game. So all six runs, accounting for on, on three homers. Uh, in that game, Jose Barrios was able to give the Jays seven strong innings, five hits, two runs, both earned, one walk and four strikeouts. He lowered his season ERA down to 491. He's had really three decent starts in a row now, and seven innings is nothing to scoff at. That's a great start for Barrios. The Jays yeah. only needed to use Simber and Merriweather in that one. It's always nice to start a series off, especially during a long stretch of games with a, with a short bullpen game. So, And, yeah, and we that. beat up their bullpen, too. Beat them up, yeah. Uh, every starter had a hit except for Alejandro Kirk in that game, so the Jays were able to scatter 10 hits. Um, and, yeah, they held Boston to 7. Bobby Dahlbeck was the only Red Sox with multiple hits. The Jays were only only gave up one walk to Boston, too, which is always a great thing. We have seen a couple games this year where the bullpen has walked a bunch of people. That didn't happen today. And, yeah, it was a relatively um, eventful game, especially the eighth inning, because the Red Sox were able to tie it up in the top half when they got to... Because Brios came back out for the eighth and gave up a couple hits that both ended up coming around to score. Yeah. Um, Adam Simber has been incredible with four wins already this year. He is 4-0, but he... Nah, yeah, I he, guess he's been good. He let those inherited runners score, but they were on second yeah. and third when he came in, I think. So, tough with nobody out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to, yeah, I'll give it to um, He didn't allow any more damage to, to happen. He allowed one hit, and then he got a... He one was a sack fly <clears throat> or something as well, too. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, pretty forgivable when they when you come in with runners on base like that but yeah he's been he's been great um merriweather had a nice inning in the ninth uh hopefully he yeah we need to see that from rebound because he's had some shaky ones so far this year too but yeah the jays had a pretty, pretty easy win outside of a crazy eighth inning the game was tense all the way up to the finish yeah. um i'll say this um out of all the players i could have picked to get a grand slam or i felt like needed the grand slam 
probably Bo, all of you would have him at the top of your list. Yeah. Uh, and it was great to see. He got to strut his stuff around the base pass. He got the hug from Springer. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yep. He got the hug uh, in the in the dugout. There's a brief moment where uh, he exchanged a very long, uh, a very cute hug with George Springer. Obviously, Springer is a leader on this team, giving some encouragement to uh, to young Bo, who, who's off to uh, uh, a bit of a struggling start to the year. Uh, it was really nice to see. Great way to cap off a, uh, a game. Uh, love taking the first game right off the bat from the Red Sox and um, drink those salty, dirty water tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, game two was absolutely bonkers. If you thought game one was intense, <laughs> then game two was probably going to give you a heart attack. Uh, the Jays got another amazing start from Kevin Gosman. He threw six innings, four hits, gave up only one unearned run. It was an error charged to Zach Collins on the throw. And didn't walk a batter and struck out nine Patrick Marsh. Uh, through yeah. his first four Blue Jays starts, he has not walked a batter. And has an ERA of 219. He's been every bit as good as we hoped he would be to this point. Um, Jimmy Garcia had his first oof of the season. He gave up four hits and was charged with four earned runs, and was only able to get one out in the eighth inning, as yeah. Boston ended up taking a 5-2 to two lead in the game. It looked like it was maybe going to be over, but I don't know. I, I kept watching, and I kind of just had this feeling that something weird was going to happen, and it did. Um, in the ninth, <laughs> the bottom of the ninth, the Red Sox bring out Jake Diekman, who has been a nightmare to face lately because he's got that such a dirty slider. Um, Raymel Tapia and Espinal let off the inning with back-to-back doubles to get the Jays within two runs. Uh, and then, um, George Springer comes up with a runner on base and gets a fastball, like, right down the middle, like, middle-middle. And he sent it into the left center field bleachers to tie the game at five. Um, Jordan Romano comes out to pitch the 10th with the runner on second, the Manfred man. And he does not let that runner score. And then the Jays load the bases up because they intentionally walked Vladdy in the bottom of the 10th. And then Kirk drew a walk uh, after Collins, I believe, struck out. Oh, no, sorry, Kirk pinch hit for, for Heineman, who had taken over for Collins, and he took a walk. And then Chapman struck out. He had three strikeouts in the game. So there's one out, and, and Raymel Tapia comes up and actually hits a sacrifice fly to the left field and scores Bichette from third to win the game. Um, it was absolutely bonkers, because the day before the game was like... Uh, it was like two hours and 17 minutes or something, the Barrios game, and then this one was like nearly four hours, so it made up for a it. A marathon, yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely insane, but give the Jays credit, man. Like, they drew six walks in the game, two from Vladdy, um, and only gave up two themselves, uh, both of those being Ryan Baraki and his inning of work in the eighth. Um, or, sorry, in the ninth, but he was able to get rid of it with a couple of strikeouts. I thought Barucki looked good outside of the little bit of control issues that he had. He was able to strike out a couple. It's good to see him back. He hit the IL with blister after the game, but 
Yeah, we knew right. It was like right after the game. I think Charlie or somebody had said that uh, he had a minor blister, and they didn't think it was a big deal. But then he hit the IL. IL the next day, so he'll be out for another week or so. Um, oh yeah, blisters yeah, this, are a uh, blisters are a blisters bitch. on on fingers for pitchers. It's an absolute bitch because you can't do anything at all yeah. until it fully heals. And if you come back too early, we saw with Aaron Sanchez multiple times. The blister just comes back. Well, some pitchers actually, uh, Kevin Gosman doesn't mind when he gets blisters. He said it helps his splitter be even more nasty. So he's kind of like a weird exception, but he's kind of a weird dude. So pitchers are, pitchers are kind of weird. So yeah. Yeah. And they're Um, kind of psychotic. Yeah. But it was, it was a crazy game. It reminded me a lot of that uh, late innings Baltimore Oriole comeback last year when the Jays came back from like six down and and got counted yards to win. Oh Yeah. Yeah, later in the summer last year, it kind of reminded me of that. Right, just like if they were, it looked like they were down and out, but you could just tell, like it just felt like something was going to happen, and it did. So, do you feel like Kevin Gossman is living up to his end of the deal? Like, do you feel very, very good right now? <laughs> we should now? have given him more money. <laughs> at this <laughs> point, funny. I feel like he's at this point he's been a bargain. Um, I saw somewhere too, like Robbie Ray's been struggling a little bit. His fastball velocity is way down. Like his average fastball is only averaging two miles per hour higher than Hunjin Ryu's this year. So, oh no, he's uh he's having he's on the, he's riding the struggle bus a little bit. Our old friend Robbie Ray, but hopefully he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. I mean, shout out to Robbie Ray. Obviously, he is uh, very much so loved here still. Uh, within the Jays organization, I, he'll bounce back. Kevin Gossman is everything that I had hoped he would be and more. I love his stuff. Uh, I'm really impressed. He <laughs> he hasn't walked anybody. He hasn't given up a home run. I mean, and that's four in four starts. Yeah, it's not a small sample size anymore. Yeah, it's really impressive, and I think he's end up he's going to be very very important uh down the stretch i think yeah probably <laughs> uh, i mean that's i mean that's easy easy for me to say but I, I i feel like he right now his the caliber of his season is uh is quite i believe he leads all pitchers in f4 if i'm not mistaken i, I might be, so yeah. i might be wrong and yeah, he set I mean, a blue jay record for most innings to start a season without a walk so yeah he is right now i would say that he is it's very early Four starts in, though, he is every bit as good as we expected, and he he's having a, a Cy Young caliber start to his season. Yeah, and it was like, and you line that up like Brios went seven the night before and only gave up two runs. Yeah. So your number one and two guys are like Brios is rounding into form. Gosman has never been out of form, and. You got 13 innings out of out of 18 over two games from your starters. That's what you want. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, I think we are moving on to the third yes, game. Yes, we are. Uh, which happened. Which was a thing that happened. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Ross Stripling. Yes. He was, he was great over five innings. He got into a, some trouble a few times. He ended up giving up five hits and only one run. But he didn't walk any bad at a street, so he didn't really put himself in trouble and he struck out seven so he was great for five innings um through five innings it was a one-one ball game as soon as stripling left the game the poo-poo started to happen um 
good Trent, kid. Our boy Trent Thornton, who we were hoping to get a couple uh, couple innings out of, was only able to go one because he gave up three hits and two runs. Uh, Trevor Richards had some issues. He ended up walking a couple batters, but he got bailed out by the sauce man. And then Julian Merriweather had an oofda. He gave up two hits and two runs. Uh, and then Andrew Vasquez, who had just been recalled from AAA to make his, I believe it was 11th career big league appearance, uh, he gave up two hits and two earned runs over a third of an inning. We got to see the major league debut of Bowden Francis. He was the other piece, along with Richards, in the Rowdy Telez trade from Milwaukee last year. Uh, he got his first big league strikeout, gave up a hit, and recorded the final two outs of the ninth inning. So congrats to Bowden Francis. Um... Also in that game, Patrick Marsh, Gosuke Kato got his first big league hit. It was a double to left center field. Good and piece of hitting. It was a great piece of hitting. He went the other way with it. Uh, it was yep. a, it, it was a ball that got cut off, but he he was hustling the whole way and he turned it into a double easily. So it's good to see him uh, get that uh, get that hit. Obviously, we've talked about him a couple times. He played like eight years in the minor leagues, nearly 800 minor league games before getting his big league debut with the Blue Jays. And now he's got a batting average. So congrats to him. He's been playing really good defense. He's played first base a couple of times in the last few days and has done a really great job over there, I thought. The man has wheels. He's, he's got, got the wheels, wheels. too. He yeah, can he's, do it. He's played, he played second in the game when he got his hit. Uh, we've seen him a couple times at first. He's... He can sub it in the outfield. Apparently, he's the fourth catcher on the roster as well, too. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's his <laughs> locker is just full that. of gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can play. I'd love to That's see it. Good he's to have he's a fun like guy. That. His walk-up song is "Never Gonna Give You Up," so he rickrolls people every time he comes to the plate. That's terrific. Um, you love it. Yeah, so just uh, quite the character fits fits nicely into the Blue Jays uh, clubhouse, just because of the fact that he is just keeping it loose out there. Can I can I give some notes here uh, with regards to yes. both teams, really? Yes. Um, I was I think I conked out on this one after Strips left the game, so yeah. I wasn't I I was gone after five. I just couldn't stay up. I needed to sleep. Um. This was exciting. This I had this game circled on the calendar. As you all know, last time we uh, talked on the show, I talked about how this is the battle of uh, two former roommates yep. at Texas A&M, home of the Aggies. Uh, both these guys were drafted the same year. Uh, Waka made it to the bigs a little bit faster uh, and actually got the NLCS MVP uh, as a rookie, which is impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, that's right. He's bounced around to a lot of different teams here in recent years, but he seems to be settling in quite nicely in Boston. He got the W, uh, but it was a quality start. Um, and he was not he, he was not intimidated at all by the Jays uh, yeah, during this start. He pitched it well. Very, yeah, it was very impressive. I was very happy to see uh, him perform well, um, not just because he is a, a good dude, but also because um i like competition i don't really want to stomp every uh every player all the time um with that being said i have to give some props uh the boston lineup it was inevitable they were going to break out at some point xander bogarts is a blue jay killer he was four for four uh and he looked like regular xander bogarts up uh up a bat 
Uh, great multi-hit uh, effort from him. Devers was two for five. Uh, J.D. Martinez was two for four. The heart of that lineup really got going, and that was the difference. Yeah. Um, it could have been a lot worse. The score could have been way higher. Uh, they were five for 13 with runners in scoring position. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Red Sox really could have hammered our faces in. Um, but the heart of that lineup is, is as dangerous as any lineup in baseball. So credit to them. Um, but credit to Strips, too. I was really impressed. Strips didn't have his peak changeup, which is, I would argue, his, like, get me out of this pitch. Um, he throws an excellent changeup. Uh, unfortunately for the Red Sox, while he was still pitching in the game, his fastball looked incredible. Yeah, he was throwing it up. Yeah, he was getting the, the high heat working, and it was really good. He was able to fan uh, seven Red Sox before he left the game. Uh, so, it, even though Walker got the win in the tail of the tape, uh, Strips had no walks, which was a huge problem for him off and on since he became a Blue Jay, uh, right up until that hot streak that he had last year. And now to have him go five for us with no walks, only one earned run, that's as good a start as we're, you know, we're going to get from a guy who's not, who wasn't even necessarily ready to go you know, six full innings for us. He still, he threw 84, which I think is his highest total of the season. It was. Uh, 59 of them were strikes. So he threw a lot of of what I would say junk because it was out of the zone. Um, But he was still, you know, he was battling in the count and he was still able to get the whips. I was really impressed. Um, Um, Dan and Tabby were talking about how Ross Stripling has never gone a full season as a starter or a reliever. He's always done both every season he's played in the big leagues. So he's just a yep. versatile guy. He is already up to 15 innings, I think, on the season for us, which um, probably wouldn't have happened if Ryu wasn't injured. But I still foresee Stripling getting at least 100 innings, same as last year. But yep. his numbers are so much better. He hasn't given up a home run yet. His walks are down. His ground ball rate has actually uh, gone way up uh, compared to the last two seasons, which were 39.9 and 35.5. It's up to 52.2, so he's back to getting those dribblers, uh, and the lack of home runs conceded is good. Uh, His FIP is 2.28. His war is already 0.5. This is a great great bounce-back season for Strips, and they're going to ride him as long as they can. Even yeah. when Ryu comes back, if Ryu is out there throwing immaculate innings and all that, <laughs> uh, which he won't, uh, Stripling is going to be a part of the rotation. He will continue to get those innings. Um, I don't know how they'll make it work, but Strips is going to get all the innings that he can handle, and then some, as long as he continues to pitch this good, especially against a dangerous lineup. Yeah. Um, so the Red Sox won that game 7-1. to one. <laughs> It yeah, we don't have to. We don't. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, close. Credit credit to the Red Sox. They have an excellent heart of the order, and they were able to feast on uh, some of the some of the softer parts of our our bullpen. I wouldn't say any of this constitutes uh, serious trouble for the bullpen. It sucked to see Butters uh, get roughed up, roughed up like that, but um, 
It is what it is. Let's yeah. just talk about today's game. Yeah, one more thing Bombers from that too. game too. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. fouled the ball off of his oh, back yeah, foot, right. his right foot, right at the top of the shoe. Basically hit him in the laces. Yeah. He was down on the ground for quite a bit. Did stay in the game. Did finish the game. He did get the rest today in game four. All x-rays came back negative on his foot, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. He was just sore today. Um, but I'm assuming we'll likely see him get a game at DH perhaps either tomorrow or Saturday when he gets back in there before he takes the field at first base again. Uh, that's what I'd look to happen. But the good news is that everything is okay. He's not, <clears throat> nothing is broken, which is the most important part because the foot is a very important part for a baseball player. You literally have to stand on it, everything you do. So, Truer uh, words have never been spoken on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Anyway, you can say with 100% certainty that I'm correct in that take. Um <laughs> Today's game, it was an afternoon game to finalize the series. So the Red Sox were flying out tonight. Uh, Alec Manoa went to the hill against Garrett Whitlock for the Boston Red Sox. Whitlock, of course, starting in place of the unvaccinated idiot, Tanner Houck. Um, All right, we're going right in. Okay. Yep, we're going in. I don't give a yep. fuck about that guy. Uh, yep. Manoa was great as per usual. He went seven innings of shutout baseball. Gave up three hits, one walk on a missed third strike call by the umpire, by the way, and struck out seven batters. He lowered his season ERA to 144. He's 4-0 also, spoiler alert. Um, after yep. him, Simber and Romano came in to finish off the game. The Jays won one to nothing, and it was an unearned run, Patrick Marsh, that got them the win. Because uh, Mr. Bronson Arroyo, or Bronson Arroyo, Christian Arroyo, that's a blast from the past, uh, made an error playing shortstop for the Red Sox today. Xander Bogarts did not start the game. Uh, and he made an error that allowed our boy uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to reach first base. And eventually came around to score. The Blue Jays were 1-4-8 with runners in scoring position. That one uh, RBI was from Alejandro Kirk, who finished with two hits in the game. He's quietly got his average up to 265 this year, Patrick. He's come, he's turning it around a little bit. He was hitting in the low 200s for quite a while there. Um, the Jays were only able to muster six hits. The Red Sox only got four. It was a quintessential pitcher's duel, including the rotations and the bullpens. So uh, it's kind of one of those games that uh, it went by pretty quickly. It was just under three hours. Two hours and 42 minutes. Another quickie. Another quickie. It couple quickies in this series and then a couple of longer ones too with the higher scores and the late inning comeback by the blue jays but no i i thought again man i what more can we say about alec manoa like it feels like we talk about him every time we have this podcast after he starts because he just he's almost like he's it's not that he's automatic but he's almost automatic at this point he's had 24 big league starts saw a stat that he's given up three runs or less in 20 of those 24 starts so you, yeah. you almost expect a quality start every time, a quality start being six innings with three three earned runs or less given up. So, I mean, yeah. the, the guy is just like... How many Cy Youngs is Alec Manoa going to win before his career is over? Because he's in his second season and he's already looking like a, he's been pitching forever. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, what I like most about Manoa is that it seems like he routinely is able to give us six or more. Yep. Uh, which saves our pen because this stretch of 20 games in a row uh, is now half over. And uh, we, our bullpen has not once been, or, or 
our starters have not once been beat up so badly that they've been uh, knocked out of the game and we've had to, you know, throw in some bulk. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't really had too much of that. And I, that's a relief, uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but Manoa giving us though that extra inning makes such a huge difference. And the fact that he's not walking anybody, his control is improving already. And he's got that heavy ass bowling ball fastball that just doesn't seem uh, to be hittable really. Um, but man, you really can't say enough things right now. I would say like as Gossman certainly is having a Cy Young start to the year, but Alec Manoa is also, if I'm not mistaken, leading major league baseball along with Adam Simber with a four and record. Yeah. Wins don't matter. <laughs> they don't they don't but i'm just saying it's very no. impressive to see what manoa's done it, it goes uh, to show you the type of position he puts his team in every time he goes out it's yeah that's position, right we were able to, to win the game he, he we can, were able to snap off a one nothing win in a yeah. very tight competitive yeah. game um whitlock was a lot better than his line uh he indicated. was he was a little bit I would say out of sorts that he walked two batters, which is very uncharacteristic of him. And he gave up four hits, which is like people were hitting like one Oh nine against them this year in 14 years coming in. So the Jays were able to get some runners on base and that, that ran his pitch count up. He was at 61 pitches through three innings and that's why he didn't come back out. Yeah. Tanner house not being vaccinated really fucked over, uh, Boston in this one because Whitlock wasn't available. Uh, yeah, he could have, Whitlock could have pitched in either of the first, in either of the two games that the Blue Jays ended up winning, and they might not have won those games had he pitched in them. So yeah, so I mean, it's worth noting too that the Red Sox fans are very painfully aware of this. Yeah, uh, and they're also very much so, from what I've seen anyway, at least on their subreddit, uh, very much so mad at Tanner Hal as well because obviously not being vaccinated has has now cost them some actual wins. Uh, it's yeah. cost them some games. So yeah. should be interesting to see how the remaining trips to Toronto pan out for Boston. Uh, and then, of course, the Boston bullpen had their turn uh, performing <laughs> the goose egg gang uh, because we weren't able to get very much off of them. Two no. hits in like four or five innings yeah after the after the third inning when the jays scored their run it was it was pretty the game pretty much cruised from there yeah nothing 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 uh a nothing burger so to speak yeah the rest of the way uh shout out though to kirk what really impresses me about alejandro kirk is that he's not out there trying to hit the ball 450 feet every at bat it's really impressed me how he's legged out four, I think it's infield singles so far. Uh, <laughs> so he's not given up on the play. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him being a chunky boy. Um, it's more about the fact that he's legging it out and taking those hits where, where you know, obviously home runs are no longer at a premium uh, because of the unjuiced ball. Um, and we'll talk about that some other time. But uh, seeing Kirk go two for four today is real nice. That average is starting to uh, hit where it should be, uh, or what we had hoped it would be. Yeah, uh, and he's he's catching a good game. Yeah, I think he's doing game. really well. He's been forced to catch more, obviously. I think that that helps. It does. It also helps that Zach Collins has been able to uh, to help out in different capacities as well, both behind the plate as well as at the plate hitting. Yeah. Um, 
what a treasure just being able to, uh, you know, pivot so quickly and have somebody who can fill in for Danny Jansen and, you know, hit as well as Danny Jansen was hitting before he got hurt. Um, this, yeah, Collins is really coming to nowhere, honestly. I'm fine with it. Yeah. This was a big series for us. Uh, it was an opportunity to – it's weird to say this, and I, this is not disrespect uh, intended towards the Red Sox, but they are the weakest of the teams in this stretch because the other teams are the frickin' Yankees and the frickin' Astros. So, <laughs> Yeah, the Yankees you know, are playing well right now too, so I'm just going to see what happens when they come to town later this week. Uh, in these ten, the, the first ten games of this stretch, uh, we went five and two against the Red Sox. Is that correct? Five and two. Uh, yeah. yeah. Two and one, and then three and one. Five, so five and two. Yeah, and seven and, and three uh, overall. Seven and three overall, which is very good. We said if we go ten and ten, that is respectable, and we're four games ab- uh, above that pace right now, and uh, really would like to see us. Um, take that series from the Yankees at the very least uh, before we have those four games against the Guardians who have plummeted uh, in their recent performances. We'll talk about that, but let's preview. Let's. Yeah. Hey, guess what? The Houston Astros are coming. Yeah, again. Um, <laughs> yeah, deja vu again yeah. uh, as we get three in a row uh, Friday, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday afternoon. Uh, Junior Jays. Sunday, May the 1st. Uh, Who you got for the pitchers for that one? Yeah, so tomorrow night, Friday the 29th, that's going to be Yusik Akuchi for the Blue Jays up against Jose Yurkidi for the uh, Astros. The Jays just played against the Astros down in Houston, and Urquidy pitched five and two-thirds in that game. He gave up a couple of runs, including one home run in that game too, but uh, the Jays ended up winning that one, I believe. Um but Urquidy is off to a pretty decent start. He's had two good starts and one not good start. So this will be his fourth time around, but second in a row against the Jays. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, He's a fly ball pitcher, Patrick Marsh. Yeah. Um, Kikuchi, on the other hand, has been kind of bad, good, good, bad so far. <laughs> I guess I would probably rank his starts. Or I guess bad, good, good. Or bad, good, bad, that's what I would say. Yeah. So he's open to rebound for another good one. We talked about it on the last show, but he didn't throw the fastball enough in his turn against Houston, so hopefully he goes back to the fastball well and ditches the cutter a little bit more in this one too because uh, if not, he may be in for an early end to his evening as um, the Blue Jays obviously play in a ballpark that does not favor a fly ball pitcher. So be curious to see how he does. I believe, Patrick Marsh, that this will be Yusei Kikuchi's home debut because he's pitched in the Bronx at Fenway and in Houston so far. So, First time pitching as a home pitcher at Rogers Center. Interesting enough. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say about this matchup is going to be three words. Ditch the <laughs> cutter. Fair enough. We'll uh, see how it pans out. Yeah, game two on Saturday. The Jays will see another familiar face than they just played against. That would be Luis Garcia. He mm. went six innings against the Blue Jays in his last turn on April the 24th. Ended up giving up five earned runs. One of the worst starts in his big league career on a couple of dingers. 
Uh, he did strike out six and only walked one batter, but it was the home runs that cost him in that one. Garcia, of course, is a stud. He finished a second in American League Rookie of the Year voting last year behind Randy at Rosarena after pitching a very good season for Houston. He'll go up against the Blue Jays' uh, Jose Barrios, who's looking to continue off of his last two starts. We just talked about his seven-inning performance against the Red Sox in this series. Um, so we're curious to see how Barrios can continue to build. That'll be a fun one. That's Saturday afternoon at 3.07 Eastern. What do you feel about that one, Patrick? That's a pretty good pitching matchup. I love it. I'm really excited to see these two guys uh, face off against one another. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like both teams, uh, this might be a shootout. I feel like both teams, for whatever reason, I just I get the sense that both teams, they've seen these two guys enough now that they're ready to... Yeah, Brios didn't pitch against Houston last week, which was a good thing. He didn't? No, because he pitched against Boston, the last oh, game yeah. of the Boston the t- Everything's blending together, man. Yeah. It's... It's messing me no, up. Brios was the only Blue Jay pitcher, or one of he was him and uh, uh, Gosman didn't pitch against. Houston All right, I'll walk time. it back and I'll say that I feel like the Jays are probably keyed in already to Garcia's stuff, so he's going to have to pull some tricks out of his uh, out of his hat in order to 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 fool the Jays. I think. Yeah, I'm sure he'll make some adjustments, tough. but yeah, for sure, yeah. help it, seeing him only a few days ago helps. Uh, game three is Sunday afternoon, and that's going to be Framber Valdez against Kevin Gosman. Lefty versus righty. As I just mentioned, Gosman did not pitch in that Astros series either, so the Jays have the advantage of having two of their three starters not pitch against Houston last week. Well, they're ace and they're second ace. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, I- not ideal for Houston. Yeah, um, not ideal at all. Uh, they're going to counter with Framber Valdez, who's fresh off of a six-inning, uh, one unearned run performance against the Texas Rangers a few days ago. Valdez has had uh, one one shaky start so far this season. This will be his fifth. It'll be his fifth start already. He's had uh, three starts in which he's given up a combined total of one earn, one earned run, and the other start he gave up six in that one. So. Uh, we'll see which Valdez shows up. He's a lefty, as you mentioned, Patrick. So we'll see how right-hand heavy the Blue Jays go in that one. Probably very. Probably very, yeah. <laughs> I assume we well, won't see Kato, we won't see Zimmer, and we likely won't see uh, Collins in that one. We'll probably see Kirk and maybe even Heinemann in that game. It would be weird to see Collins in the in that game. But if if it is, I don't know what his... Uh, what are Collins' splits against lefties? <laughs> Hold on, you're, you're lucky. I'm, I've just pulled it up. <laughs> All right, well, while you're doing that, I'm going to... No, I've, I've got it up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, can I say one more thing? Go ahead. One more thing. I had to look up Framber Valdez because I'm not overly familiar with him. And I'm... He is going to be a handful, yeah. I think. He uh, should be good. Very interested to see how... That's going to be a pitcher's duel, I think. Out of the three of them, I think that's the duel... Uh, and I think uh, Barrios Garcia will be very interesting. If the Jays get to Garcia quickly, it might be might be a laugher. Yeah, I um, guess the same could be said the other way too. But um, the Zach Collins splits, by the way. Yeah, here we go. He's only got six plate appearances against lefties so far this season. He has two singles in those six at bats, so three thirty three average. 
Uh, I think he'll be in the lineup. For his career, Patrick, he's sitting 175 against lefties. I don't think he'll be in the lineup. I take that back. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but, who but also to be fair, be? for his career, he's only hitting 215 against righties because his career numbers are not very good. But yeah. Obviously, he's hitting 282 right now, but he is Here's the issue. a lot. So. Who's going to DH that game? Yeah, it's hard to say. Because um, if it's... It there will be hurt. lefties in. I'm assuming the outfield in that game will be Springer, Guriel, and Raimel Tapia, so he'll be a lefty in there. And then you'll have Chapman, Bichette, Espinal, and Vladdy, Kirk behind the dish. So maybe a Zach Collins gets the DH spot. So you have Collins and Tapia as your two lefties in that one. That's probably what it'll be. I just don't see who else it would be that would DH. Yeah, because Zimmer's Collins. lefty and so is Kato. So you're, you're pretty much all your reserve players are lefties. They have yeah. they have Tyler Heineman, but he's not a great hitter. He's so. not gonna he's not gonna <laughs> DH. He's not, he um, might catch if Kirk DHs, but that might be that Collins might be the X factor in that game. I don't know. It's hard it, to say. It, I think yeah. it, I think it'll be a pitcher's duel. I think so too. I think this whole series has the potential to be a very good pitching matchups again. Game one is probably the one I'd pick as the high scorest, highest scoring game because it's Kikuchi and Yurkiti. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Brios and Gosman going, so I would pick those games as a lower scoring affairs if the Jays get their way. <laughs> I don't want to be Mr. Pessimistic, but I'll say as long as we don't get swept, I consider that to be treading water. Hey, man, if you win two to three games every time out, you went over 100 games a season, so. Yeah, but I feel like we eventually we need to prepare ourselves. We're not going to win every series this season. Not with that attitude. No, that maybe that's true. I mean, Gorillas <laughs> and Gossman are the two strongest pitchers out of all six of these starters, and they're both Blue Jays, and they're back-to-back. So yeah, we have as good a shot as any of taking two or three from the mediocre Astros. Yes, really I will say it'll be it'll be great. It's imperative that the Jays get off to a good start tomorrow and don't have to use all of their high leverage relievers in game one. I feel like if we win that first game, it might be. Depends might how be, the win is. Like if, if if it's like a one of those one nothing wins again where they have to use all their good relievers, then it's not as mm-hmm. great because if you can get the Astros bullpen early in the series. You've got a pretty good chance because Garcia and and uh, Valdez are likely going to give you five or six innings of really good baseball That's for Houston, true. and that, but that way you can get to your, your your good relievers, ideally with the lead for them, of course. But then you have Brios and Gosman who can do the same. So I, I think games two and three are going to be closer. That's why I think game one is so important to get the win, and hopefully win it convincingly so that you can save Jordan Romano, you can save Adam Simber for those. Uh, later games especially since simber and romano both pitched today yeah i mean it'd be nice to get the bats ready for the the series against the yankees yeah um okay we'll be back sunday Uh, i i know we said we were gonna do a farm report uh sometime at the end of the month but i i think we should try to push that off because there's just we haven't had time ourselves to really prepare for that yeah, and I so, I know I personally won't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so I'm going to say that we're going to bump our farm report off to when the Jays actually have off days. Because then we have off days where we don't have to watch them, which means we can work on other stuff. Yeah, we'll do it uh, after this 20-game stretch is over and that, that off day, maybe. Yeah, believe it or not, folks, we actually prepare and put effort into these podcasts. <laughs> uh, we don't just shoot from the hip all the time. Any final thoughts? 
uh, about the, either the Houston series or how the Jays are doing so far. Yeah. We're 20 games into the season, and they are currently half a game back of the Yankees uh, right now for the division lead, and they're a game and a half up on WC2, yeah, Tampa. Um, so, the one thing I do want to say, Sunday afternoon, I do want to talk about Matt Chapman a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I want to give him three more games of plate appearances to see what happens. But, spoiler (laughs) alert, he is popping up everything, and he can't hit breaking balls. So, we'll see how how that changes over the weekend, if it does. But we'll definitely talk about Chappie, who celebrated a birthday today. So, we won't won't, uh, speak ill of him on his birthday. No. (laughs) We'll talk about him on Incredible defense, though. Oh, insanely good defense, yeah. And he has come up with a few good hits as well, too. How do you feel about the Jays 20 games in? Uh, I feel very, very good. They're 13-7. and We we talked about, we keep talking about how tough this month has been and how tough the rest of the stretch will be, these next 10 games. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the Jays are already six games over 500 and they haven't really um, let let the world on fire offensively, it's, it's nice to see them getting those close wins because that's where this team has struggled in the previous few years. Now the all the young core have the experience. They've got the pitching staff to win close games and they are executing so far. So hopefully the bats can wake up and we can have a few more laughers uh, in favor of the Jays where they don't have to keep us all sweaty at home. Yeah, this stretch was always... I mean, you could argue from a certain perspective that this is the most difficult stretch in the entire season. Uh, and you wouldn't be wrong because you're dealing with perennial division contenders. Yeah, I wouldn't be wrong because um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, it's really sort of interesting to, to see the team be able to win these one-run games. Um, and the fact that we are now, uh, what is it? Uh, well, we're seven and three in our last ten. We're sort of riding a, a strong bullpen, a very strong closer, uh, who's really uh, understated as far as as just how good he is. Yeah, I feel like more people. He might make the All Star game this year. That's it's possible. The Jays have the potential to have a, a whole slew of All Stars, but a whole bunch of them. Yeah, so a whole stable. After the Astros series, we have three games against the Yankees at home, and then we hit the road for Cleveland, have a day off, and then we're back at Yankee Stadium. New Yankee Stadium, not old Yankee Stadium. New Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm excited, man. So I, I I thought 10-10 and 10 was, like, very, very reasonable expectation for the start of their – or for this 20-game stretch. And um, – by the time we're done with the Guardians, I, I don't know, man. It might be, might be a little bit better than we thought. So very interested to see how uh, this weekend series uh, shakes out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching uh, what little I'll be able to watch this weekend. But uh, I'll have the radio feed on, listening to our boy Ben Wagner on there. Yep. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that'll that'll be it for us today, Patrick Marsh. We'll talk about Matt Chapman in detail on Sunday afternoon hopefully after a Blue Jays series win against the Astros. Remember to find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. DM, tweet us questions, comments about the show. If you have topics you want us to cover, let us know. We'll try and get to it. You can listen to the show on Anchor, 
Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. All episodes on our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. Leave us a review if you can. A star rating helps as well, helps more people find us. Tell a friend about us, too. Hopefully we can find some uh, people who, like you, love listening to the show. For Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.